Welcome back, everyone, to I Love This Conversation. I'm Alex Salzberg, the host of this podcast, and in the rest of my creative life, I am an animator, a filmmaker, a writer. This is my podcast where I talk to people in my growing creative community about what they're currently going through in their creative lives and where it overlaps with their lives in general, as it usually does. My hope is as you listen to this, maybe while you're working, maybe while you're taking a nice walk to take a break from your creative work, that it feels like getting coffee with another creative friend and just having one of those warm conversations where you feel inspired and less alone by the end. In less than four minutes, you'll hear the triumphant return of Peter Levine, filmmaker, festival organizer. Peter was the first guest ever on this podcast. So it's been about a year and a half, and I wanted to have Peter back, A, because he's a friend of mine and someone that I love talking to, but B, because when I had him back, uh, when I recorded this in September, he was a week away from moving to L.A., which for people uh, who are in the film industry, they know there's a lot a lot of weight to that sentence. So we're going to talk all about that and our inner feelings about our careers relationships. It's kind of an intimate conversation because Peter and I, when we get together on mic or off, it goes there. So I'm happy you get to be a fly on the wall for this one. I think of this podcast in seasons. Each season is nine conversations as well as one or two bonus episodes. We had the listener write-in episodes. This episode, fittingly, is the finale of season three. I hope you've been enjoying it. It's been a little bit more sporadic schedule-wise, but as you know, I've been growing my family. I think this is as good a time as ever for me to reflect on this project, this podcast. It's been a complete labor of love. I have not directly made any money from it. In fact, it costs money, as you might imagine, for software and hosting and equipment. But I felt called to do this, and as I continued doing it, I started more and more having that feeling of wanting this kind of work to be a bigger part of my creative life. And when you're a working artist, when all of your income comes from your creative life, which is true for some of you out there, I bet too, you have to kind of hope that those two things can overlap. And it can be scary when you're putting so much time into something that makes no money. And indirectly, at this point, all the work I've been putting into the podcast has created opportunities for me to do more work like this. Last year, I did some freelance podcast editing, and in 2024, I can't talk specifically about it yet, but I'm going to be doing a lot of work that involves having conversations and creating accompanying animation with those conversations. And all of the work I've done here was able to create those opportunities. I'm saying this maybe as a reminder for myself, but I hope it resonates with others too. Like, it is worth putting time into things and taking those risks. And if you want something to be a bigger part of your creative life, be really open about it. Whether it's with yourself or with others, put that out there and then work on it. You can't just say you want it to happen, but definitely have some intention around it and put some focus there. And thank you. The reason I keep doing this is because of the response I'm getting from all of you. I really appreciate all of the kind words, all of the shares, all of the friendships that have either arisen from this. I I say it's my growing creative community because many of the people I've talked to on here I didn't know before, and some of them I call friends now. And I appreciate seeing all of you follow each other, share each other's work, uh, and you've made it possible for me to do even more of this kind of work, which I've fallen in love with. So thank you. That's all. That's all I want to say in this intro. Pretty pumped for you to hear this episode with Peter Levine. As I said, we get into all of it. You'll hear a lot of what we think about a lot of things. (laughs) and I think you'll have a lot of fun. Oh, by the way, you may have noticed on the feed, I re-released the original Peter Levine episode from 2022 to choose your own adventure. You can listen to it before, and then there might be some things we talk about in this that will be fun because you just heard that episode. You can listen to this and then maybe go back and listen after, or you don't have to listen at all. This episode stands alone. You'll get to know Peter from this But either way, if you're curious to listen or re-listen to it, it's fresh in your feed right below this one. So let's meet our guest and hear his connection to me. My name is Peter Levine, and I know you, Alex, through starting with Animatic Boston, the group you used to host. I reached out 
as an organizer for the Weird Local Film Festival, and we did some collaborative events and became friends. And I think we got dinner a few times, the beginning stage. I don't know. It felt like, you know, adult friendship's so funny. (laughs) I think I formally asked you if you wanted to, like, get dinner or talk about or meet at some point. Adult friendship is sometimes weirder than dating. It's less layered, and the stakes are maybe lower. But dating, the ask is very specific. I'd like to hang out and eventually smooch mm. <laughs> a tone friendship is just like do you want to like be near each other more often <laughs> <laughs> i attempted to become adult friends with you and i i think we succeeded yeah but I, we had the excuse of art yeah i think like our first couple of dinners were sort of like uh not business meetings but like there was an agenda like all right we got to talk about this event we're planning and then you sneak in like so where are you from? <laughs> so you accidentally learn a little bit about each right. other. And it's like, oh, this is this is nice. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because we are friends, but also because <laughs> I think um, since the last time we recorded, I feel you've had a bit of a year. So I'm going to ask you our very evergreen opening question. Uh, what is something you are currently going through in your creative life and or where it overlaps with your whole life? Um, in the last episode, I was struggling with deciding whether or not to stay in Boston due to its comfort and greatness and all the things that I love about it, but that wondering, that thought about what's out there. You know, a year and a half later, I've decided to leave. I'm going to be exactly a week from recording this on a plane to Los Angeles. Damn. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big transition, and it's it's in pursuit of creative growth. That's huge. I mean, I have a lot of questions about it. From my perspective, just all of a sudden, I think maybe in an email or a text when we were catching up, you were like, oh, by the way, I'm moving to L.A. So for me, it was sudden. I imagine for you, there was more of a gradual thing. So take me through the journey, as detailed or not as you want, from maybe March 2022, when you were sort of in a period almost of like reconnecting with Boston and feeling uh, more warmth towards staying there. Take me from there to next week when, when you're on a plane. Absolutely. Or at least the decision point about next week. When we first recorded this, I guess you said March 2022, there was so much possibility in the air. It was yeah. really exciting. It was, I think like the deeper portions of COVID were really subsiding and it Everybody had this new momentum about this like next phase of the world. Uh, weird local film festival that was coming up and all, everybody was coming out from the woodworks and it was just so exciting, all this creative energy. I've been going through this cycle for you know several years, maybe my whole life, but I've just started to catalog it where in the summer months, I, I tend to get kind of depressive. The last few years when it's gotten to August into September, I'm like, it feels like Groundhog's Day to me. It feels mm. like I'm doing the same thing over and over again in my job, in my creative life. Uh, I, I've been like thinking about moving for a while and it just feels right this time. I just, uh, I'm I'm gonna hit five years with my job right when I leave. Fortunately, my job has been like so nice about my exit. I, I really tried to squeeze as much out of this place as I could, but I just, I just have that like, you know how in every Disney movie, there's like a character who like is in a world and everyone's like, this is a great world. And that character is <laughs> like, but I want to see what's over off the island over there. Right. And they're like, you shouldn't go there. It's dangerous. And it's like, but I really want to see. And then they go and it's hard. And, you know, I want to have my own. <laughs> but then they learn something, you know, maybe they come back to the island or maybe everybody accepts their choices. I don't know. I mean, I've or, never seen a Disney movie, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. That was... How long ago did you say I'm definitely going to LA. Well, so Los Angeles wasn't clear. That wasn't specific mm-hmm. to me. But I just knew that I this phase of my life, there's just not much more that I could do here. Just something in my body was saying, like, this is enough for you. You know, I took a trip in November to check out a few cities, you know, sort of went city shopping. I think I was actually pretty set on Chicago for a while. I really liked the idea of Chicago. I mean, my, basically my goal with moving is to work with more comedians. You know, it's mm. not even a specific, like, become famous as a <laughs> comedy video person. I just want to work with people I find inspiring that are really work going for it. So Chicago seemed like a cool place to go. The price was good, really good public transportation. It's a huge city. But then upon further analyzing it with friends, therapy, et cetera, it's like, I think it was because it's the third biggest city. Like going to 
Los Angeles or New York always sounded so scary to me. So I think I, I really kind of hid those possibilities for me. I think I was afraid of getting rejected, which is something yeah. we did talk about, I think. I, th- I think, yeah, I think a, a heavy theme of the last episode, we talked a lot about like, yeah, the fear of taking these bigger steps and worrying that maybe we were justifying not taking those bigger steps. Uh, and I think both of us felt that. Is there a sense almost, because I've had this at points in my life when I've thought about relocating, that like, yeah, there's New York and LA and specifically for entertainers or artists, they're like the final boss. And it's like one of those video games where you can walk in the door and like see the final boss, but you don't have the right sword yet or the right superpower. Is that resonate at all with like when you're thinking about Chicago first? Yeah, I sort of felt like if I can create better work and make good connections in Chicago, you know, then then jump. You know, I just was making all of these side quests to continue with the video game thing. I was just (laughs) like, well, I need to get the arrow of hawk and i need to i don't know what this is but uh yeah i just i i think chicago was was kind of a distractor from the fear that i was having of failing at an epic level and being rejected by a community that i want to be a part of and the more investigating of that i've done this year the more i've realized my worst case scenario that would happen is so unlikely yeah. Like, I, I think we're always afraid of like this big humiliating, like I peed my pants in front of the whole school kind <laughs> yeah. of scenario. And it's right. like when things are embarrassing, they're so much smaller than that. They're like, oh, I played a movie at a screening where most people were high and not not a lot of people laughed. It was like in your head, in my head, yeah. sometimes like, oh, God, no. But right. like nobody remembers. You know? it's it's, like, I almost feel like sometimes I do that to comfort myself where I'm like, well, this is rock bottom. So. <laughs> it's as bad as it gets. Yeah. It's never a total, the total right. failure that I think we tell ourselves. Yeah. But I feel like we're circling around this. Uh, there's such a narrative around just the phrase moving to Los Angeles. Uh, per- <laughs> it's annoying. It per- sounds annoying. <laughs> particularly, not even even beyond annoying, like <laughs> particularly for folks like you and I who are in film and, and entertainment and comedy, we both Venn diagram with those things. Is there almost like a sense that you're more, you're not following that narrative. You didn't, you're not a young ingenue getting off the plane and being like, Hollywood, <laughs> I'm going to make it and like putting all your eggs in that basket. But you're going almost with this like independent spirit. You know how to fail. You know how to have six people laugh at a film rather than the higher number you wanted. You know all that. Does it, do you feel that almost like steals you a little bit for LA? I think so. I mean, and that that's a great question. And I, the more I was investigating and it was like, hey, wait a second, like, you know, Boston's not an easy place to do what you and I do. And we have managed to do it well, you know, yeah. like build community and find people who like what we do or people do similar stuff to what we do. You know, the infrastructure's there in Los Angeles. There are probably 60 animation groups and 70 screenings similar to what I've been organizing. You know, it's like that stuff's already happening. There are people that are doing that. I'll just go to those. (laughs) Your your voice has relief in it. And it's funny because like, I feel like if you'd asked me five years ago, I'd be like, Oh, I hate that there's 70 animation groups out there because I want to be the animation no, me, group. me too. Exactly. But how has that shifted for you? I love my experience creating with friends this this festival, and it, it's that, that was like the most gratifying thing to that point in my life. It was it was a defining thing where I realized like this is where I'm focusing my career trajectory. Yeah. This is what I love, so I need everything I do to be related to this. That was totally defining, but right. Then we just kept doing it, and it was, and it's been great. But it's just kind of the same thing over and over. I was so afraid of losing the identity of being the person uh-huh. who created that thing. Yeah. But I think I've been like really getting used to the idea, like that's just the thing that I've done. That's not who I am. Right. And if I want new things and I want new experiences <laughs> and meet new people and fill up my book, my life book, you know, I gotta, I gotta leave this thing that. I mean, this thing, more than just that festival, but like my job, you know, my friends, you know, I, I've got to see what's out there. And I, I it's going to be hard, but I think I'm really excited and I feel prepared for it. I recently listened to our first episode. <laughs> Cringe. You were great. But yeah, it's weird because it felt like I was listening to something from like four years ago. And then I was like, wait, this was like a year and a half ago. Both of us were kind of, I think, in those early stages of grief about periods of our life ending you're considering a move and leaving your film festival i was sort of 
grieving the end of my group and also entering a phase where I was going to Tel Aviv every couple months. It's interesting now to hear where you're at. What did it look like halfway between that and your outlook now? I actually, I, I started journaling a lot um, mm-hmm. early in the year. So I have these entries of just deconstructing my fear. I've been doing the kind of emotional, like I'm leaving this phase part yeah. the last few weeks. So I've been kind of like looking through like my photo roll on my phone Oof. and cleaning up computers from work where I, you know, I've like, oops, that I should get that off there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just being very nostalgic. And I, I went through some old writing that I had in my Google Drive and stuff. And it's it's really a lot of questions about like my own fear. And so if, if you go halfway between now and our last podcast, it was just me working through a panic attack in slow motion. I guess it's not a panic attack if it's not <laughs> that condensed. But it, it's, a, it, it's a panic stroll. I don't know. <laughs> a self-esteem interrogation where mm. I was just like, what, what is the real problem? Cause it, you know, when somebody would ask me if I would move to LA or New York in the past, I'd be like, Oh no, absolutely not. Right. It's like very quick and very like curtains. Like why, why is that such an intense reaction? That doesn't seem <laughs> yeah. like an easy reaction. And so I've, I've been trying to pull the thorns out of that and be like, what the hell is this? Why do I think I won't be accepted? Why am I, what am I trying to protect myself from? And why am I still obsessed with like, the denial of this. Right. Who who are you worried you won't be accepted by? I don't know if you can relate to this, but I've like posted on Instagram and there's like a person or two that I, in my past I've met. I kind of hold them as like, oh, if they like it, maybe it's good. That's kind of embarrassing. No, Yeah, no, I 100% actually. relate. The most anxiety I have on social media, and I have social media anxiety all the time when I'm not just talking myself out of social media to avoid the anxiety. <laughs> The most social media anxiety I have is when somebody that I admire or am a fan of follows me for the next month. Every time I post, I think about their seeing it. And I'm afraid to look at my stats or my followers because I'm afraid of finding out they unfollowed me. Bingo. Exactly. And it it is weird to put stuff out there that's like, this is just what you love and what you're making and who you are. Mm-hmm. And, but then also having that layer of like nervousness of like, is this going to be accepted by that person or rich people or whoever has the hold on my brain right now? I can't handle it if this artist I like doesn't like my Instagram story about getting pizza with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it is just weird to think about the prison that I put myself in. It sounds like you're translating that fear to like an IRL uh, perceived experience in LA, right? Well, it's it's totally not even about those people. You know, mm. it's just about like me using them as a vehicle of self doubt. Right. The the way that LA is pitched to us is like Hollywood glamour. Ooh, everybody's right. like really stylized, and it's like I'm just like a schlumpy little like Jewish guy. Like, <laughs> oh, what yeah, does that mean? None of those in LA. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not at the comedy clubs. You're no. <laughs> I think some of the stuff's so internalized and to protect my own ego, I just won't even bring it up. By putting that vulnerability out there, it's like, oh, then it's like real and then it's embarrassing. Going to LA or New York is like, I'm going to get rejected by the people that I look up to and the the secret genius I am in my head is not going to be, it's going to be disproven. You are actually not a talented artist. You are actually not as good as you are. And it's so weird that I give I give so much power to other people to tell me whether what I'm doing has worth because it has worth to just do it. Yeah. And that's that's a lot of the work of this year has been me to be like, I just love doing this. Like, so what if my aunt feels weird when she sees one of my videos or like, I, you know, what? so what? Like, Your aunt is Susan Sarandon, right? <laughs> I just like love this lifestyle. I like yeah. that a lot of my time is spent it's following my whims and just independently trying to make stuff because it, it feels great and it's attracted such great people to my life like you. Thanks. It's like, this is an amazing friendship that we yeah. found each other because both of us were putting out a beacon. Right, yeah. It's like, so why am I so afraid of the people who don't like it? I should just be excited for the people who do because right. my whole life has been enriched by that. And in theory, LA, as as you kind of hinted at with all the all those film groups, everything, like there's a lot of people putting out that beacon, I, yes. I would imagine. I don't live in like a fantasy world where like outside impact is never important. You want people to like your stuff and to benefit from it. You want to share. But the more you can just do it and embrace like the art side of it, the more then work you have for people to like. The people who show up and really want to be a writer, entertainer, comedian or anything, 
but are too afraid to make anything. That's They're, most people. Yeah. It's really hard. What is it about you that allows you to push through those fears? It's so easy to just be like, oh, these people just are so basic and boring. Like, But I do, I know so many people, because I've been this person before, who just don't even try to push through that fear. The magic trick for me that I found is that I have a bigger fear. It's the fear of not doing it. I'm Whoa. so afraid of not doing this. Of, I, You know, I, I've had a ton yeah. of careers. Sorry, I should have let the air settle. No, please keep going because you're scratching some sort of nerve <laughs> in my brain that, that I didn't even know was there, so go. Oh, I love it, Alex. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> What I really have realized is that I am so afraid of not finding out this thing that I felt like I could do my whole life. I've always felt like a funny and personable person. You know, when I'm feeling good, when I'm feeling bad, <laughs> I think I'm horrible. But, you know, I always felt like I had something to say or I wanted to figure out how to say something and I, I wanted to do it in a way that felt really personal. I just remember just feeling really miserable for a lot of my life before I figured out what my vehicle yeah. for expression was and the stuff that i was naturally drawn to storytelling through comedy through video to personal expression through it i have this like big fear of never getting to that point or never getting to keep making stuff in the way that i want and that fear has been like rising more as my priorities are about to shift i'm about to have a baby my fear is not that having a baby will take away my time or energy to achieve in my creative life that's not my fear I know that's going to happen. I know the time and energy is going to go away. My fear is that I will lose my desire to achieve in like a high level way. The, I'm, put, I'm layering fears on fears, but I think part of that fear is my worry is that like if I lose my fear of not making it, quote unquote, then I won't make it. <laughs> Well, what is it? I mean, Alex, I from from my perspective, you've made it. I mean, like you do stuff at such a high level. I mean, this podcast, it is so cool to, I'm sorry to throw <laughs> some compliments at you. It must be a nightmare. Ugh, but I hate it. <laughs> but keep, like, keep going. It is so, I've listened to every episode. Thank and you. you. I know it's made me feel much less lonely to hear about other creatives around us and their stories where they're coming from. I mean, it's, your impact is like unquestioned Thank to you. me. It's hard it's hard to you for the person who's inside of the, the little person inside of the brain of the yeah, person yeah. to understand this. But I, what even would making it mean that, for you? Is that's this, a, what I don't know. A piece missing for me, this is very vulnerable to say, but a piece missing for me, I think is, I don't feel yet like I've been accepted into the fold. And it's not to say I don't have a great artistic community, yourself included, but if I'm answering honestly, I want the people that inspired me to be like, we see you. Nice job. And maybe work with me. I think it is all related. It's this investigation of the fear about how we're perceived and mm -hmm. whether it matches up to our own personal image of ourselves. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that has happened to you before and you may not have cataloged it as a... I feel like anybody who's creative, it's it's we're never going to fully feed this dragon. Right, right. So I, I hear what you're saying, but I, you know, I just want to <laughs> put some skeptical side eye at you. And no, I, like, you know, Alex, like you're, you're doing some really amazing stuff. I, your life you. is so cool. When I talk about you to other people, it's really, <laughs> you can cut this all out. It, it's, it's too hard for you to put in your podcast. No, but, I'm, I can't wait to listen to oh, this over awesome. and over. But no, you're just, it's I just, you're it. really, you're really like a full, you're living a full creative life. You're, you're, you're starting a family. Like it's. To me, it's it's inspirational. It's like this is these you're the kind of person I want to know. Well, thank and you. And I it it makes me feel more <laughs> excited to keep trying to live like that. You know. Yeah, I mean the feeling is mutual. Something that I've admired about you that I feel like you know always I'm aspiring to a little bit. You have like the indie spirit. I'm sure it's not easy, but you make it look easy in a way that feels hard to me. You're always putting out like new work. You're collaborating with people. Even the scene you created was like more cohesive than the one I created. And I'm not saying all this to put myself down at all. I'm just, I'm saying this to compliment you. Like I've always really admired the part of you that's like, let's just do this on Friday. Let's just make this film, you know, let's write this story. And um, I'm excited that this is translating to you, like making a big change in your life. Thank you so much, Alex. That really means a lot. Yeah. And it's it's just so funny. Like you saying that, it's like, man, I, how we view ourselves is so different than how other people can see, yeah. look at us, you know? And Let's go into like 
today. You're leaving, you said, in two weeks? I'm leaving in one week. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) I don't even know how to feel about it. Yeah. On the scale from, like, excitement to, I need more time. Where do you fall? (laughs) I'm going to bust that scale and just say, like, I'm just kind of going, I'm on the track. Like, I'm on Mm -hmm. a cart that is just going, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. What I'm really appreciating is that I am not regretting it. Mm-hmm. I am there there's been some hiccups and I am like sticking to the plan though. It's like there's there's been off ramps where I could be like I'm not going to do this and I yeah. as somebody who is pretty security kind of based person, I'm an anxious person. It's kind of interesting that my body's saying, "No, you're still doing it." Right. You're not you're not jumping off this one. And so I'm just like, "Well, I got to pack this. I'm selling I'm selling my ping pong table uh later tonight." This guy Kevin from Facebook Marketplace is going to pick it up. <laughs> Kevin, you enjoy that table. Yeah, it's a good we table. just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could talk about the ping pong table for a while. It turned into a work desk for mm. me during the pandemic, and I just had all my camera equipment and my editing computer. Yeah. It was great. But nothing in me is stopping this, right. even though I've had so many good excuses to not go. Right. What are those off ramps so that you maybe looked at? Well, it's, so the the kind of obvious kind of like uh, national one is the double strike. So, you know, yes. Los Angeles, I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Hopefully the strikes will be resolved. Mm. I got a call from my mom, very well-intentioned several months ago. Oh, she, yeah, you, you know what happens here. She We had a great call and, you know, and I was just like, okay, yeah. And I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, getting things together. She's like, well, what do you think? Uh, are you concerned about the double strikes? I'm like, well, no, you know, I'm still, I have some mobile work and I, you know, most yeah. of what I do is more corporate at this point. I'm not trying to break into entertainment anytime soon. I just want to make enough money right. to live there. She's like, okay, well, you know, I would be nervous, but, you know. You know, if you want to do this, you're you're doing it. And I was like, okay, yeah. click. And I, you know, I felt fine. I'm like, I handled that pretty. Yeah, well. yeah. And then three hours later, I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? It's <laughs> double strike. There's gonna be no work. Everyone that used to work in entertainment is gonna take all the corporate jobs, and then I'm not gonna have any work. I'm gonna be working at, yeah. even at Trader Joe's. I won't be able to get a job at Trader Joe's. You know, it was just like, <laughs> you know, I let myself do that for ten hours, and then I was like, no, I still want to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of. I wore myself out and was like, right. yeah, through therapy, I've realized you can't go around the feelings. You got to go into them. I know. Isn't it? Which so sucks. Unfortunate. <laughs> I know. Going around would be so nice. Oh, it's it's been so fun when I've done it historically, but catastrophic yeah. uh, in the end. But, oh, yeah. you know, in the moment, it's pretty convenient. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I've been I've been trying to be more healthy. So I let myself feel the panic. Then I just like let it out and I'm, I'm trying to be nice to myself about it. And then- at the end, so far, when something like that happens, I'm like, no, I'm still going. I told you briefly, but I had a bit of a breakup happen yeah. recently. So, and that that was definitely a hiccup. Just, you know, I'm still working on that and figuring right. out. But that would have been a good reason to like, yeah. just like regroup, keep it simple. But I'm actually like, no, this will be good. I want to keep going. There's been other things, but those are probably the two of the easiest examples. Right. Like, this is a national thing. This is a personal thing. Totally could have messed it up. But I just want to do this. I need to do this for me. And it's the first time I'm making a life transition that I feel wasn't forced upon me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sometimes the hardest one. When it you is can't, the hardest one. When there's like, I mean, was part of the feeling just like I'm graduating? Like, is there a graduation yeah. feeling? That I guess? Yes. I'm embarrassed to quote him, but I think it's Sylvester Stallone. I, I think he said, he talked something about you You have to build a mountain, climb it, and then build a bigger mountain. Mm. That. And it that's completely butchering it. I'm, it didn't do the accent. I didn't do any of it, but. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so yeah, we have Alex to do that, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> to transition out of what I was doing before to becoming like a person who makes all their money off of video. Mm-hmm create a festival, make a bunch of short films and comedy yeah. sketches, do all this stuff. That was a big mountain for me. That was right. something that uh, when I was 25, I wouldn't know how I got here. Yeah. And now I'm like, great. And the mountain is solid and I'm on top of it. And now I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see what else I can do. I'm just excited to uh, to trust in the connections I make and you know just I'm, I'm excited I'm starting to get more into documentary which has been that's cool fun and hard holy shit but I I just really like it and I'm not very good at it yet but I'm like yeah let me suck at documentary for it because I want to I want to make something that means something god I just want to say to everyone like start something at the bottom every couple years oh yeah being a beginner is awesome I had this feeling actually when I listened to our first episode which I recorded about a year and a half ago and it's not bad. But it made my parents think really like cool things about me. 
if that means anything. It, that actually means a it lot. It really legitimized. I feel like my family, I was like, oh, check it out on my friend's podcast and had the animation. And my <laughs> mom was like flipping out. My dad was showing the animation to his like architect friends and stuff. <laughs> That's so, cool. You really helped my cred in my family. I love it. If architects think I'm cool. 67-year-old architect. Yeah. You're like, well. Your dad's an architect? Yeah, my dad's an architect. Oh, cool. My grandfather was an architect. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, man. We got to do more of those dinners where we <laughs> learn about each other as friends <laughs> instead of a business Can dinners. we do a genealogy one? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we bring... find out we're first cousins. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, wow. We never probably... talked about this. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, with the podcast. I, I, yeah. I, li- I listened to our first episode and, and I was like, Damn, I have improved like 500% as an interviewer, as a podcast editor. That feeling was really cool. I mean, and I, Alex, like, I'm so impressed with what you're doing with this podcast. And, Stop. But wait, quickly, I do yeah. want to ask, what, what was the input? How did you know that this was, did you just, you just had a feeling like, I, how did you come to this? Doing a podcast? I mean, I just love the medium, particularly interview and conversation podcasts they've meant a lot to me like listening to other creative people in various stages in their career talk about their lives their stories their art has meant so much to me has helped me i don't mean this in some like charitable way but in a sense i wanted to give back i was like i want to share that with other people mission accomplished what are some of the things you're excited about starting at the bottom from in la um, See how I turn that back to you? Oh, that's, I love it. That's why I'm the best in the biz. Yep, 25 episodes later, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to make new friends, mm. um, assuming anyone will have me. Just kidding, I'll make new friends. <laughs> I, I think you'll be okay in that department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to cry. Um, but uh, <laughs> guy, I'm excited to enter like new scenes that are already going and just kind of yeah. like side-eye everybody. Oh, damn, they're good. Yeah. Ooh. You know, it's just, yeah. I, I'm excited to be a freshman again with naive optimism. I won't, I won't see all the like sad underpinnings of everything that I do here. <laughs> you know, you just. There are I, no sad underpinnings in no. Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. I keep, I keep joking about like how corrupt the place I live is. And then people are like, you're moving to Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited to not... There's so much newness that I won't be able to narrow in on that stuff yet. Right. Because right. I feel a little, in my own 33-year-old way, jaded in some ways. It takes work to like keep the freshness and try to not let that negativity seep in. Yeah. And I'm excited to not have a choice because I'm going to need to figure out how the hell I'm going to survive and have right. friends and have food and all that. It's like, I won't have the luxury to be like, that's so annoying. Ah, oh, hey, hey, how's it going? Like, I'm, just, yeah, I'm Peter. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, wow, we're best friends now. This is incredible. <laughs> I want that like excitement and yeah. nervousness yeah. Of, of newness, you know? After I'm there for a year, if I like it, I'm going to want to start a new screening event. I'm going right. to want to start like a bad film society or, or something. Like I have all these ideas that I can't wait to uh, learn the scene to figure out, oh, what does this place need? What what can I do to bring here? I'm excited for the creativity that comes with just put, putting your body in a different place and being like, what's going on here? Yeah, it's, it sounds like you feel ready to be like the new kid. But like the cool new kid from a movie where he, where he like charms everyone. Yeah, I changed the whole town. Yeah, like you're going to get there immediately slam dunk a basketball. And my, like... God. <laughs> my dream. Yeah, no, I'm glad I didn't go when I was 22. Mm. I'm excited to do it 11 years later at 33 because I feel like I have professional skills. I understand how to be an adult in certain ways. And yeah. everything I'm afraid of is like, oh, I'm going to be so lonely. These are all myths. These are all self-myths that, I've, uh, that I'm holding on to that aren't current. Yeah. I mean, speaking of myths, I'm curious like what ones you've bumped up against externally. I mean, there's a lot of specific ones about LA, whether it's narratives around like, oh, go get your big break in LA or like, <laughs> but also just in general myths about like moving to a new city. What kind of external things have you had to filter in your head from other people? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot coming from other people. Yeah. It's like, you're going to need a car, you're going to need a da, you're going to need a da. When left to my own devices, I'm like, I think I figured this out. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm moving in a weird way. I sold all my furniture. I'm Wait, even m- your ping pong table? Kevin's picking it up today. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get you and you're just playing ping pong. You're like, one more. Come on, Kevin. Kevin, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Play me for it. <laughs> it's just tears. Yeah. <laughs> my theory is I'll be there three months, two years, or 10 years. That's interesting. Tell me like what, I know these are all irrational thoughts, but what, uh, what? <laughs> not irrational, you know what I mean? Yeah, this they're is all, all speculative. All stories. 
What is each of those narratives? Three months, I go there, I just have a body reaction to the place. Mm -hmm. I can't really see a path for me mm -hmm. to get comfortable here. I can move to Chicago right after that. Yeah. Or I can do whatever the hell I want. Um, I kind of like that nomadic thought. Right. Two years, you know, I think that's probably more likely of a thing. As I go there, I find a job. I'm like, okay, this was this was hard. And then I move to, you know, a more reasonable city like yeah. Philly or Chicago or Pittsburgh where my family is. I don't know. And then 10 years, I find stuff I really like to do and I see a lot of growth potential and the struggle of it is worthwhile. I find the struggle to be worthwhile. Those are kind of the three trajectories that I, and I, I would accept any of them, but right. I'm just excited to see what the hell happens. <laughs> that That's so, those are just such interesting time periods, but you explained it really well. I'm curious. And, <laughs> I'm glad it made and, sense. <laughs> Again, these like self myths when they're just I left know. inside one's head. It's yeah. so weird to be like, yeah, these are the three plans that I have in my secret right. head. Like, I'll say things too. I'll be like, well, I'm either gonna become this or like <laughs> be in a trash can, like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's a big likelihood of that. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> like my what? my therapist and or my wife, thankfully different people, uh, <laughs> like will be like. You do know anything in between those things could happen. Most likely everything in between those yeah, things. Eh? Right. It's just, I think that's like our best case scenarios and our worst case scenarios are just, it's probably going to be like middle. Yeah, I know. But middle scares me. I mean, we talked about medium things last time. Middle scares me because I'm like, I can't create an easy narrative around the middle. Eh. The, the one end I can just be like, I am a success. And the other end I can do, we talked about it earlier, rock bottom, better start over. destroyed. <laughs> and then when I'm a success, I'll have a great story. About oh, yeah. This is just, rock bottom. rock bottom is just before like, you blow no, it up. Yeah, it's not a good story if I start at medium. <laughs> yeah, I, I did pretty good the yeah. whole time. I was fine and then I was a little better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> You're 33, right? I imagine there's some personal goals you might have. I don't know how traditional or not they are, but yeah. you might have personal goals around relationship, family, or even just other personal things. How do those overlap with this like three month, two year, 10 year? Like when you're thinking about 10 year, you like, and I'll have a wife no. or, or is it super separate <laughs> right now? Well, so I, I, yeah, this is, this is a really good question that I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to present it correctly because I've been having some struggles. I spent a lot of time, I think we relate on this, where uh, just growing up, uh, I definitely wanted to project like a level of convention and mm -hmm. normalcy for various reasons. Yeah. And so as I'm becoming an adult and I've, I've experienced, you know, some long relationships, I've lived with a few people, I've I've had some, some tough breaks and it's all worthwhile. At this point, I don't want kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's held true for a long, for about 13 years. Yeah. And people are always like, you know, I didn't want them either, but it's up on you. Say that's, it's yeah, like, I mean, because maybe it, you're right. I don't know. I hate when people make statements that are like, uh, you'll see when you're 30, you'll see, because, <laughs> because that reframes something that is beautiful, which is that our lives and our priorities change into something where they're like, you just don't know yet. You and, and, child. And if you change your mind, it means that everything that happened before you changed your mind was wrong, which is like not how I view life or not how I want to. If you decided in five years, hey, maybe I want a baby. Alex looks like he's enjoying it. I would hate it if anyone was like, see? I no. know. A year ago when you didn't want a baby, you were correct about yourself and about what you wanted. Even the most traditional thing either one of us can do the way that we're doing it only goes back maximum two generations. Oh like, my gosh, you're totally like, right. you know, you have a kid and then you move to the suburbs. It's like the suburbs were built in the 70s, 40s. 40s? Yeah. <laughs> Some, somewhere in there. <laughs> no, it is It is wild that it's like, this is what people do. And it's yeah. like, well, a few decades. I right. Guess. <laughs> well, you're, you're going to leave Boston? It's like, your grandmother left Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it was a lot harder to leave back yeah. then. Granted, she had to. Oh, God. I, I love what you're saying, and I agree with it. I mean, I was talking to my sister last night, and we were we we're, were both a little unconventional about mm -hmm. what our wants are for our romantic life and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it, it can be tough sometimes that uh, a lot of the gravity tends to go towards getting married and having kids. And at this point in my life, I don't want either of those things. Those aren't goals of mine. I just, I want right. good companionship. I want consistency. I'm I'm very happy dating someone for many years. The growth I seek is like creative growth is is intimacy, which I think is unrelated to me, at least to those other conventions. Yeah. What what's your been your experience like with dating more 
weird artist people versus people in other uh, worlds, which are weird in their own way. But, you know. Nicely. Yeah, nicely put. Very diplomatic. I, I, I don't like to do the thing of like, artists are cool and everyone else is lame. <laughs> I've met really nice people on the apps, um, oftentimes not uh, in creative fields. Yeah. And I, for some reason, and this is just my experience, but it's like those relationships have lasted between one and three months. We really enjoy spending time together. Eventually there's like a priority difference that happens and, mm. you know, and they were nice short-term relationships. But it was like sometimes refreshing to be with someone who has like a really stable job and kind of clean cut expectations yeah it just it, it, there was something really nice to that and then you it, get to be like the exotic one yeah exactly they're like oh you play the cello <laughs> why and i'm like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it seems like the longer connections the ones that i feel like we can sustain our curiosity in each other are often tend to be creative people and you're married to a creative person yeah i'm curious how how if that was part of what attracted you to oh hundred percent and it's been a really positive part of our relationship not only is she creative she's also a working artist all these fears that you and i and all our other podcast guests talk about like she can either relate or at least understand what a lot of those are and that makes our home a very safe space to talk about those fears i had one other significant partner i dated some other people but like one other long relationship and we met when we were when i was too young to know what I was looking for and that's fine and that was fun at first but like I spent a lot of years trying to tell myself these what I think are myths that we all tell ourselves which or not myths there's a lot of bastardizations of good relationship advice a, a good example this is not the one I was going to bring up but a good example some people go relationships you know they have a lot of ups and downs and I'm like <laughs> Yes, of course that's true when you're with someone for years. There are going to be periods of more or less passion or more or less being on the same page. That is not mean you should fight every Tuesday and yeah. have great sex every Wednesday and then like move out every Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah, threatened to break up. And yeah, then, that's yeah. not what that means. And another one that I always really hate that I think people really bastardize is when people go, well, one person can't fulfill everything because like, yes, that's true. But we use that as an excuse to be like, yeah, my partner doesn't understand this core part of me. But yeah, my friend Peter does. So it's a, it's fine. Yeah, great. I can I can just gig economy that out to my other person. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's oh what I was gosh. doing in my first relationship was like my friends were these task rabbits for these holes, <laughs> these holes in my soul. It would be unhealthy if I thought your partner had to fulfill every part of you. But it's okay to want a partner that fulfills the important parts of you. Yeah, exactly. The things that really you prioritize. And yeah. I, I think it's beautiful that you were able to specify that. I, I, I got into some relationships and pretty heavy into them and, and using a lot of those conventional misused I don't know. What are those idioms? Cliches. Cliches. Yeah. They are technically true. You know what I mean? That's totally. what's Relationships do have ups and downs. Yeah. It's true. Uh, right. I love the voice you did for that, by the way. But that's it's always so like funny. that's always like people's first date when you're like, oh, how's it going with Stacy? They're like, well, you know, relationships have ups and downs, it's which is so, so bad. <laughs> yep. It's uh, thought killing cliches or something. It's mm. just like uh, you can't really ask. You can't really poke through that armor yeah so uh i don't know as somebody who's like dealing with like a break right uh, I guess I'm, I'm currently like pretty <laughs> negative about everyone <laughs> i'm people are giving me relationship advice oh, and stuff and i'm like oh my god is, is the break may I ask is this something that wouldn't be happening if you were staying in boston or is it sort of independent of that? yeah i think well i do think that this definitely expedited things i think yeah. the fact that i needed to move forward in this way I think that it is one of the primary drivers for this break. However, I do think that there were some unresolved things that, I mean, I really do appreciate this person because we've been able to really dive into just some really deep and intense dialogue. Because I, I think yeah. to give any relationship a real shot, you, the true vulnerability is so hard. And I thought I've, yep. every time I feel like I'm doing it better. Then the like the but like in the past it's like I was being vulnerable but it's like wait no there was <laughs> there was stuff I was hiding and yeah the, the, I you know it's it's really hard to solve these problems without putting it on the table so I it's terrifying though it is really terrifying but you know we were gonna move across the country together yeah, and I that's think a that's a big deal it's a lot to figure out and it's a lot more reliance on each other it brought up a lot of important conversations that I'm I'm just really relieved we 
are figuring this out before we moved. But it's 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 painful. It's still yeah. very painful. You mentioned, I think, before we started, you're kind of have moments of grief. Like, what are some of the things you're going to grieve you think about Boston and leaving this period of your life? Again, this has been my favorite period of life, so there's a lot to grieve. I'm trying to think of it as a celebration. That yeah. I'm, I'm sad about leaving. That means that what I did was worth it. Yeah. The connections I made here were were, were important, and the uh, experiences I had were, were life-changing. You know? I, I just remember coming to this place and just like loving it. When I was 20... And I was trying to transfer schools mm -hmm. and I came to Boston to check it out. I just loved it. You get off the, the airplane and you go right onto the T and then all this, it's just like, this is amazing. Yeah. It felt fun and open. And I don't know, I just, uh, a lot of my self-confidence came when I got here. I, I just felt a lot better. It's, it's a big era, you know, like moving from Pittsburgh, which is a nice city, but I, I really struggled at that age. Come to Boston, it felt so generative. I loved that feeling. I loved that memory of that feeling. And I, I loved meeting people like you, finding this phase of my career and yeah. finding people who also were so creative and motivated and kind. Everything changed for me. Right. You know, this this is a this is a special place in my heart. It's beautiful. So we have a modified lightning round. Wow. For the sequels. The first question in our modified lightning round. If you could give a, a phone call or some sort of time machine call to the Peter Levine in March 2022 and um, tell him something that would save him a lot of trouble or angst or time or energy, what would you tell him? You know, more cliches, but just like, you're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Be nice to yourself. It's going to be fine. I love that. What is something you went through in the past year and change since we last recorded that was really hard, but you're glad you went through it. I'm not thrilled that it happened, but uh, my, my grandmother passed away. Mm -hmm. She'd been losing her faculties for yeah. a long time. Going back for the funeral was in some ways kind of amazing. It had been like three or four years, I think, since she had remembered me or any of my siblings right. and anything like that. So we were sharing just such amazing stories, remembering who she is and like reconnecting with her through stories, through family. It was like... Yeah. So sad, but so wonderful. I'm thrilled that that was that happened. That it was that meaningful. It was a time where it was deep sadness and profound closeness with my family. Yeah, and all of it I've decided was good. Yeah, and that feels like an accomplishment to be like even the sadness was good. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Thank you. And then the last modified. Wait, why do I keep saying modified? I do it again. I like that voice. Modified. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what's one of your favorite things that happened in the last year that has nothing to do with your sort of general creative life as a filmmaker festival organizer i honestly falling in love i really mm. uh, even even if it doesn't work out i think it's one of the best things to do in life if you feel it don't block it i mean look <laughs> relationships have ups and downs but uh <laughs> But no, I, I just I, I just want to live life as fully as possible. And I, I love all the connections. And that was a very deep one. And I have no regrets yeah. with it. Peter, my last question is, uh, where can people find and follow you? Maybe follow your journey to LA, if that's even something you're sharing publicly. It might be. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, you can find me on YouTube at Weird Local Productions. And then uh, Instagram, I... I'm not great at either of these things, but Levine P90. Oh, I have a website now. It's PeterLevineVideo.com. My head spins when you get in there. It's very, I, 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 I might change it. Yeah, I haven't really been that public about it. Peter, thanks for doing a sequel with me. Uh, I'm so excited to put this out sometime. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> if it, it might be three months from now, and then we can do a sequel to see if you stay, stayed in LA. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm back at that point. It might be on your, <laughs> we'll you're see. like, yeah, I'm in Chicago. Yeah, it wasn't uh, great. <laughs> we'll miss you here, and I'll miss, uh, I'll miss seeing you around CCTV when I come record the podcast as a friendly face. Well, we'll see each other soon, I'm sure. Yeah. I'll be back around, and hopefully you'll be... I'm overdue for a trip to L.A. I have a lot of friends out there, and adding one now. Amazing. Once I find out what your grandpa did for a living, and... Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being on, and thanks for, as I've described before, being one of the reasons this podcast happened, and I really appreciate it. Well, you, yeah, it's amazing. I listen to every episode. I will stay close to you. 
you may not know about me, but I will be, I'll be finding out updates at the first three minutes of every two weeks. I know. So. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm going to throw in like little secret messages for you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thanks so much, Alex. This is great. I'll be like, life is like ping pong. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Thank you so much for listening to this season finale of I Loved This Conversation. Season three has been a bit of a wild ride, but I'm so proud of the conversations that we had and that we put out here. And I'm so grateful to Peter Levine and all of the guests who have had those conversations with me. Please like, subscribe, do all the usual podcast things on all your podcast apps. Think of that as leaving like a little tip in the tip jar. Super helpful to this growing podcast. But even more so, share your favorite episode with a friend. That's how I find podcasts, from friends texting me episodes of cool podcasts. And then I listen, and I get hooked, and I subscribe, and I binge. And I bet there are some people out there who haven't found this podcast yet who would love it. So if this episode or any episode resonated with you, just share it with one person. I don't need you to share it publicly. I don't need you to tag me. I mean, (laughs) go for it. I love when that happens too. But share with one person. Share with your mom, your friend, your cousin. Just just your mom, your friend, and your cousin. Uh, This episode was recorded at CCTV in Cambridge, Mass. Thank you so much to the whole team there for making it such a warm and comfortable space to record. Thank you to Typist, which is the solo project of my brother, Adam Salzberg, for the theme music. I'll be back in early 2024 with the start of season four. I've already got a lot of the conversations recorded. There are some really beautiful ones, some really interesting ones, some magical ones, some spicy ones. It's going to be all all over the map, literally all over the map. Talk to people from all over the world. I'm so excited. In season four, I'm going to hopefully bring back some of the schedule consistency so you can look forward to this bi-weekly podcast. I'm hoping the animation can come back in full force as well with an animated clip for every episode. And I promise we're going to catch up on animated clips for season three as well because everyone deserves to be a cartoon, even just for a day, right? Okay, thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Keep having magical, empathetic conversations with people in your life, and I'll share the ones I have next year. I love you all. Mm